All right, welcome to it. My name is Will Campbell, and welcome to this, the first episode of the Way of Will podcast. I'm so excited about trying to get this started. Uh, this is a project of mine that has been a long time coming of wanting to begin a podcast series uh, in some form to take the biblical Judeo-Christian worldview and apply it to things that are going on in life, uh, to add commentary to things happening in the news and things in politics, uh, but also to spend time focusing on uh, Bible study and preaching uh, and just being able to really take God's word and apply it to the things and situations that go on in our day-to-day lives, that connection that we all so badly need Uh, of the real world that we live in and that which the Bible teaches us and and conveys to us about it. So much has been been lost over the last two centuries worth of of life here in the United States of America. Um, The real American ideal of what America actually stands for, what it means, uh, was grounded upon a foundation, a firm, solid foundation of the biblical Judeo-Christian worldview. And so my focus in, in going through it, what, what the way of will is, is the American life, the American worldview, um, as has not been lived uh, since the corruption of this country uh, post-Civil War. Uh, we finally conquered and ended slavery. We got rid of that blight upon America. Uh, And after that, the focus turned to uh, government and centralizing power, and people began turning away from the church and viewing the church as the source uh, of moral guidance and and correction and direction in society really began post the Civil War. Uh, And from that time on, America and what America stood for uh, was ripe with open opportunity, but because of corruption at the top levels of government, uh, going into the Woodrow Wilson administration and the changes that he made, uh, the full potential of what America could really be and what America could really become uh, got circumvented by other ideals coming in from Europe and other worldviews that started conflicting with the American worldview that finally eradicated slavery in the States, uh, that began to create a more free uh, human society and and civilization within which we could all live. And so the ideal of America is is just tremendously important and it's being lost. There's a large group of people who are fighting each and every day to try to keep it alive and to try to drive it forward. But the political uh, effects of the American worldview, the uh, economic realities that are described by the American worldview, the culture and lifestyle of the American worldview. These things have been eaten away and have slowly lost their foothold in the United States and the people thereof. The American worldview is held most staunchly by those that politically people would call conservatives in today's time. They're not Republican, they're not Democrat, they're not interested in party, 
They are people who are principled, who are are driven by uh, strongly held values that they trust and that they love. Um, They are patriots who absolutely adore our country and our people. And it's because of that uh, that they are so upset by what's happened in this country. Now, the conservative base, if you want to put it in relation to current events, the conservative base is not the one that voted for Trump. That The way that certain people in media and entertainment want you to believe conservatives are. Um, the president has been labeled the president of the Christian, the president of you know, people of American pride and of this nationalistic view, and it's just not the case. While Trump was all we had as an option to choose from, uh, as sound conservative individuals, that's the only reason why we voted him into office is because we didn't have another option. Uh, as far as conservative, true constitutionally conservative American worldview holding people. You can be conservative and not be uh, a person who holds to the American worldview. You may hold to more secular, more individualized, more uh, modern-esque style versions of conservatism uh, that hold principally and and appreciate Christian values, but are more of a secular-minded people. They try to either A, separate their biblical values from their political values, or they try to live that secular one way, religious another way type of worldview. Um, Those are the people I'm trying to reach more than anything in my ministry, is to get them to understand where these two things meet. And so to understand the the concept of what the American worldview is, the American worldview is, is what the product and the result of the founding of this country was. Now, our founders did not establish a Christian nation. We were already a Christian nation, and it's out of that Christian nation that the government and this body of states came about. We were already fully a Christian people. We held everything from a very staunchly Christian ideal and viewpoint. And so to suggest that the founders somehow created a nation or a country that was Christian uh, is, is incorrect, though I understand the intent, and I used to believe that way as well. But what we most certainly did not do, what the founders did not do, was create a secular nation. They did not create a nation intended for pluralism. They did not create a nation where the government did not have religion present within it. What they created was a government, not a nation, but a government that would hold together the the different cultures and ideals of a collection of 13 colonies in a whole political unit to help manage the affairs of a newly established uh, uh, nationhood, Uh, a newly established country. They did not create a nation. Now, there's a lot of difficulty, and that's a part of why I want to do this podcast, is to help people really understand the realities here. 
there is a difference between a nation and a country. There is a difference between a government and both of those other things. People tend to blur together these different things. They tend to try to blend together that a government is the country or that a country is the nation or that a nation is both of those. But that's just not the case. Popularly, that may be the view, but the reality is there's different things being talked about. And so a part of the podcast I'm trying to do and what has compelled me to want to start doing this is to help speak to people who who want to understand that a little better, who want to have an understanding of the American worldview and how it really applies. Because, quite frankly, we're losing the American worldview. Uh, If it wasn't for things like social media and the political events of the last two decades, um, the, the bug of the American worldview that was planted into everybody just simply by living here, by our lifestyle, the way we are, the wholesomeness, the goodness, its virtues, its vices, uh, all of these things came to the surface in a very strong and powerful way. And we live in very unique times, just as the times of Christ in the land of Rome and how communication was so vastly improved, uh, where things and, and, and people and ideas could move around so much more freely and so much more quickly. We're in a time similar to that, where over the last two decades, the ability to get information from one point of the world to the other has just been amplified tremendously. And so the people across the United States who still hold to the actual American values, the American worldview, the American way of life, um, you know, what Superman was claimed to fight for, truth, justice, and the American way, um, has been revitalized and people have been woken up to realize that what they thought they were living in as America is not. It's being transformed into a better ideal by other worldviews. And this has been going on slowly for a hundred years. We're not talking about a very recent occurrence. This has been happening from, uh, like I was saying, with Woodrow Wilson to the Great New Deal uh, to all these ideals uh, and views, to the, the court case decisions that permitted uh, life to be expunged in the womb out of preference and, and, and desire. Um, all of these things, these are not American ideals. These are not American views. These are views that have been taught and preached post-socialist uh, and communist dominion of Europe. And there's a whole a whole thing, a a book I love reading, uh, it's called Prevailing Worldviews. And I cannot remember the author for the life of me at this time, and I always feel bad because I can never remember this album, but um, really helps to bring to light that understanding of how the worldviews shifted in the Western world. Uh, And so the purpose behind my podcast is to really speak truth to that reality. Now, the American worldview overall is rooted and grounded. There's not much difference between a biblical Judeo-Christian worldview and the American worldview. I just think it's easier to call the biblical Judeo-Christian worldview, right? That's a mouthful, right? There's a lot to say in there. Um, just call it the American worldview. I mean, that's, that's the idea of America. That's what America was built on. 
Um, people came to America, yes, because there was uh, business opportunities there. There was planning a new colony and exploring a new territory. But when you go through and you read the actual charters and you read the journals and the words of the people who lived in the colonies at that time, the inspiration for coming to the United States was to escape, number one, the religious turmoil that was going on over in Europe, uh, but also to uh, go forward and, and into the new world that was discovered uh, to, to bring God, the good news to the new world. And that's what um, was really the, the goal and the objective for a lot of people in their hearts. They came to the United States to spread into the new world the gospel and the good news. And a lot of people lose sight of that. And, you know, people can say one thing or the other, and they can talk all kinds of different ideas as to why that is. But at the end of the day, the reality is we've just lost connection to our history. And we've allowed people to come in and try to fill in that gap of uh, just a total lack of knowledge about our history. And as people have come and filled in that void, they do so at the prime of our lives. And that's whenever we are leaving home, we're out in the world, we're um, still young because our education system doesn't produce adults, it produces older young people. <laughs> um, and because of that, you don't have a formative mind until much later in life. You're not possessing that formative mind in your actual youth, in, in your early teenage years. Um, as you become an adult, I mean, prior to 20, you should you should already have an adult mentality and an adult mindset. But now that's been pushed the way our education system works and the way uh, this this uh, new view of how lifestyles and our traditions as uh, grade school and high school and all this stuff has come up has really messed with our understanding of that. And it's put where people graduate from high school and they go into the real world so to speak, uh, they go to university. And that's the time where you really form who and what you are because now you're on your own. You're no longer under your parents' roof. Or if you're still under your parents' roof, you're on your own program. You're, you're living your own life. And it's during that time that people rebel. Um, you know, everybody always speaks about the statistics that comes out of the Barna Group and, and other organizations evaluating what happens to uh, Christian believers whenever they go and start attending university um, only to find out that they leave the faith by the time they're done. It's not because they got a high quality education and because of that high quality education, that's why they leave the faith. It's because they've been persuaded by someone, something or some group that they ought to turn away from the Christian lifestyle. And though they still live a life that's grounded in American values and principles, everybody does. If you live in the United States and you're successful, the only way you're doing that, unless you're a crook, is by living within the framework developed by the American worldview, the biblical Judeo-Christian worldview. And so for us to understand this, when you go to university and you're turned away, unless you're at a good, proper university with sound professors... Uh, who are teaching you how to thrive and survive and succeed in this world, uh, in the world of business and uh, all the different facets of that world, uh, or perhaps engineering, um, 
until you get out and experience that life, you don't appreciate what it means to be American because you're having other views force fed into you that are very hostile, quite frankly, to the American worldview. Now, this isn't new by any stretch of the imagination. This is something that has been talked about for years and years and years. I mean, even from whenever I was in high school in the 90s uh, and or the early 2000s, um, in my childhood growing up in the 90s, there was always that idea. And that always stood, stood strong in me. Um, it's not that I had parents that really reinforced American values in me or anything like that. It's that the movies I watched as a kid and, you know, TV was all the rage in the 90s and, and, you know, playing video games and things like that. All of that, uh, my attention, my heart was always drawn to the American idea. Um, Just the the beautiful things that America has done. I've always had a strong pride in my country and in my people. Uh, And because of that, just whatever it is in my nature, I've, I've loved and longed for America. But as I got through high school and then I joined the Marine Corps and, and I served the 10 years that I served, I started realizing there was a lot of realities about what America is that I wasn't taught. Not that I wasn't taught the truth per se. Um, you know, I, I don't know of too many people who can actually remember specifically what they're taught in high school. Half the time we're all just trying to get through class, right? Um, but I knew I was living the American worldview. I knew I loved the United States of America. I loved my country. I loved my state of Texas. I wanted to fight and protect her and and what we stood for in the Constitution. But I didn't have an understanding of what that really meant. Uh, I I knew what I was fighting for freedom. I was fighting for the fact that we're the greatest country in the world. I was fighting for all of that realities and going overseas and just seeing how true that really is. Oh, my goodness. You travel the world, everybody talks about, oh, I want to go see the world and see all this other stuff. Man, whether you go to Europe or you go to other parts of the country, man, the world outside of the United States is a, a troubled and dire place. And now, after returning from my time in the Marine Corps and being in the real world, I mean, even here in the United States, it's just as bad everywhere else. It's the feeling of things, the, the realization of the way things are. In the United States, yeah, there's there's rough times politically, ideologically, uh, in conversation and, and social get-togethers and interactions like that. That's where the problem is in the United States. But, oh, my God, everybody's got a car, everybody's got a microwave and a TV and a refrigerator. Everybody's got a roof over the head. Let's say for a very small minority. Um, I mean, people who are impoverished in the United States are the top 1% of the entire world. Let's just understand that reality, right? So it put things into perspective. And so that's the other part of why I want to do this podcast is what I fought for when I left in 2003 and I was on active duty and I ended up getting stationed in Hawaii. So I mean, you want to talk about being detached from the United States, go get stuck in Hawaii for a while living on a military base. So the, I, came, I was out of it and then I came back into it and I came back into it in the worst of places, California. Oh, my God. Two years of not being able to find work anywhere. And I was applying to Jack in the Box and Home Depot and everything. Oh, my God. Um, 
until I came to Texas and I was able to find work wherever I needed to. It's that that dynamic, and then seeing what was going on in politics, uh, and seeing what was going on in you know in the government and what all was happening with that. That's what I mean by politics. Seeing all that whenever I came home, and then seeing the kinds of men that were joining the military out of high school uh, when I was training. Uh, yeah, I was a combat instructor for my last couple of years in, and trained about 1,600 Marines uh, during my time, and. And that's 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 a big chunk of what's supposed to be the best guys that come out of our, our society, right? And don't get me wrong, every single one of them I have the utmost respect for. They joined they joined the infantry. They're my brothers. Uh, they they joined for uh, I don't know if they joined for the right reasons or not. Uh, I know. And and here's an example. In my generation coming in in, in 2003, I enlisted in the infantry specifically. I could have been done in, in any other MOS, um, but I wanted to be infantry because I wanted to go and fight. That's all, that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to go and hunt these bastards down, and I wanted to put them in their graves. That was my mentality. Um, so when I joined, that was what I had. And the guys I went in with, when I was in boot camp, that was exactly the mentality we all had. Now, fast forward to 2009, 2010, into 2011, over those years, the guys that were coming in, well, let me, let me back up. Whenever I went to the School of Infantry uh, in 2003, the group I was with, whenever our instructors asked us why we joined, it was damn near unanimous across the board. It was, we joined to fight. That's just, that's what we did. That's why we're here. We're, we joined to go and fight in this war. Um, that's why. Now, fast forward to when I was an instructor in 2009 through 2011, I asked those guys, hey, guys, why'd you join? It, it would be crickets. One or two guys might raise their hand. I wanted to join to see the world. I wanted to join for this, that, or the other. Oh my God, you know, you're just sitting there scratching your head saying, Lord, be with these guys. Like, <laughs> holy cow, these guys don't even know what they're doing. And they, these are infantrymen, right? It's one thing for a guy to go and be a radio tech or to be a, uh, an air mechanic or to go and be a mechanic in a motor pool. I totally get that, dude. That, please, by all means, come and help us out, man. We need mechanics. We need those guys uh, being infantrymen. But, you know, you guys are there. The whole point of all the other MOSs in the military exist to support the grunt, whether you're in the Army or the Marine Corps, everything else exists to support what we do on the ground. Because at the end of the day, you ain't got grunts, you ain't got a military, right? So that's a little bit of military stuff. Anyways, for that, for me to see that coming back and getting ready to go back into the civilian world, that was really astonishing to me. And it kind of sparked a, a realization in my mind and in my heart of, this is a completely different country from when I left. Uh, and, and that's very, very true. A lot of the values, a lot of the things that were being taught to these kids were not what I was fighting for. Uh, this sense of entitlement that everybody always talks about, right? We all, everybody makes a comment about that at some point, especially if you're in your 30s and 40s, all these kids coming up, they have a sense of entitlement, blah, blah, blah. So, Yes, that was very clear to me. I mean, it, it was very obvious. And so I'm trying to reach to that generation and provide for them the context of my life experience and let them know, like, guys, you, you got to understand, you're in a little bubble, man. And, and that is how people view you because that is how you behave. And I don't think these guys have been taught the American worldview, what it means, how it's applied. Um, and that's what I'm really trying to do in this podcast. 
my my experience as a marine try to bring that to bear my um my experience uh, i've got my master's in theological studies uh concentrated in biblical studies uh, and then i have a second master's in christian ministry with a focus on christian education and i've spent the better part of the last nine years uh since coming back into my faith uh and due to a series of events and, and um, i'll probably do a view on my testimony at some point um, since that time, better part of nine years, uh, and studying and understanding our beliefs, um, apologetics is something I love greatly. And is another thing I plan to bring into this podcast. Uh, it's something I love dearly. And I believe it's, it's something God has called me to, uh, the, 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 the logical defense of our faith. And so integrating these things together to provide my life experience as a Marine, my education and my study and my love and passion for the word and, and theology and apologetics and bringing all of that to bear to your life, to what we need to do as American people. That is people who hold to the biblical Judeo-Christian worldview, the American worldview. Um, I don't see a difference between those two. And sure, there will be people who are secular, um, who are non-Christians who would think that, hey, I'm an American too, right? you're an American. There's a difference between holding the American worldview and being American and then being a citizen of the United States of America. There's a difference there. Um, you're not an American in the sense of the American worldview unless you, I mean, in worst case scenario, you're a deist. You, you honestly can't claim to be an American from the American worldview sense logically or consistently you can, you can, by all means, I mean, there's, there's no reason why a, a non-believer can't be a conservative, um, can't be a conservative American, can't see the American worldview. And I know that's for me in doing this podcast is where I'm trying to find a delicate balance here. How, how do I make it clear that you can't be American without at least accepting that there is a God and that that God is the one that has set our moral law and has set the laws that govern the cosmos? Right? I mean, if you can't accept those three things, then to defend the positions of the American worldview that I will introduce and explain as I go through this podcast, you, you can't come to those conclusions consistently. Uh, you have to come from so many different lines and different perspectives. It's hard to defend the American worldview without the foundation of God and Jesus and, and forgiveness and just the, the doctrines of, of the biblical faith. Because the Bible is what was used on the floor of the Constitutional Convention to create our government's constitution, but also to embody in it, um, and most prominently in the Declaration of Independence, the values of what, um, what we hold dear, right? That being the Bill of Rights. That Bill of Rights holds a lot of the virtue of the American worldview uh, as graduated, I guess you could say, from the constitutions of Britain um, and some of the political philosophies from the European nations, from the concepts of, of the, the law philosophy of Blackstone uh, and several others. These groups are the ones that provided the foundation upon which this nation was built as a political body in our government in the form of a federated republic, 
right, under a, const a written constitution. And then each individual state as constitutional republics themselves operating on their own, working together as a cohesive single national identity as a people. And what brought us together as a people, as a singular national identity, is the American worldview grounded in the biblical Judeo-Christian worldview. And you can't get the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights, and all these things from a non-American worldview, a non-biblical Judeo-Christian worldview. You just you can't arrive at it um, consistently in a coherent, wholesome way. However, that's not to say that a person can't be an American and not believe in God. Um, you just can't be. It doesn't. It just doesn't make sense when you do that. Uh, you can appreciate, you can live the lifestyle, you can um, live in accordance with the virtues, you can you can live the lifestyle of it, but if you don't believe in the things that actually provide for that lifestyle and create the framework within which that lifestyle is productive, it's a challenge, right? So that's a discussion I try to have as a part of this podcast. It's understanding that what makes you American is more than just the fact you were born in the country. What makes you have a national identity as an American is not in the politic. It's not in the government. It's a worldview. It's what underlies all of that. It's what creates the framework within which that comes out of it uh, in, in the minds and in the hearts of the people that are there. Right. So as a, as a nation, we have a shared identity um, in the, the territory within which we live uh, as family members, as a community of people who live and, and work together. Um, that's what forms a national identity. It's it's more than a tribal sense. Right. Tribalism is the belief of your tribe over any other. Right. Nationalism is similar to that sense. Uh, it's on a larger scale than a tribe. A tribe tends to be more familial, uh, more integrated families and that kind of thing. That's what a tribe tends to be. Um, but on a national level, it's more of a national identity. It's over a larger area. Many, 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 many families, many communities, many cities together sharing in a national identity that, that has an ethnic tone to it. Um, you're born within the borders of the country. There's a political feel to it as well. But that's what makes you a nation. And so nationalism is similar to tribalism, where it's my nation over all others, right? And so those are not what we're talking about here. In, in the American worldview, we're just simply talking about what makes us a nation, what makes us a great nation, and the patriotism uh, that follows that national identity as an American and the worldview that we live. We, as a patriot, what separates a patriot from a nationalist uh, is a patriot is a person who loves the principles, who loves the worldview, the culture, the lifestyle that comes out of it. They, they cherish the principles and the values and they will give their lives for it and they defend it and protect it 
and they want to share it with others because it's so good and wholesome. It's a moral uh, tie to it that a patriot has. It's a love uh, and and a just an absolute, um, not an obsession, just just a pure good love for what the national identity is. And, and patriotism itself is truly an American ideal as far as that term, the, the term patriot. Now, a nationalist is someone who believes that that wholesome thing is above all else and all other things are beneath it. They want to push their worldview on others and enforce it upon others. And it has a certain political government tinge to it where the government has to be that force which makes that worldview become the dominant thing. That's the idea of nationalism. So that's what separates a patriot from a nationalist. A patriot simply loves and wants to bring that worldview, that wholesome nature, that truth, so that others may join in in, in living it and, and bring people in together and just has a passion for it. They'll give their lives to defend it and preserve it, and it's a moral grounding. But nationalism on the, is an opposite end of that spectrum. Though they may be patriots in how much they love, they don't want to share it with others. They want to force it down other people. They want to put their nationalist ideal above all others. And they, it tends to be the government that they want to do that through. And so that's where the fascist ideals, the national socialism, i.e. the Nazis, that's where they came from. So it's important to grasp that the American worldview is not a nationalist ideal. All right, It's what brings our nation together as an American people, as where we have a shared identity together. It's the worldview, the culture, the fabric that welds us together as a people. All right, but it's not a nationalist ideal. It's not we want to force this upon other people. It's the understanding that this is how we live together. This is what makes us us. So whenever we talk about people immigrating, that's another big topic in the world today. When people immigrate into the United States, we want them to become naturalized citizens. And what being a naturalized citizen means is that you come to share in the worldview of the nation. You come to become a brother and a sister of our people because you share in the worldview. You study and learn our worldview, our way of life. You try to live within it. Now, you bring your own style to it, maybe whatever other culture you came from. You still bring the clothing, you bring the garb and some of the simpler traditions. And, um, you know, like folks from India uh, that just absolutely blossom whenever it comes to the United States and coming to America. They will bring over little bits of their culture with them, right? Their dress, the things that they do, their, the way that they party and celebrate things, their, their religious views, perhaps. They'll bring these things with them, but when they come here, they... They become American. They cherish our worldview, the way that we live, the, you know, the fact that we don't have a caste system. We, we despise the caste system. We reject that idea. Um, we, we give freedom to people to grow, and to expand, and to become greater than anything they ever could have been anywhere else, right? They embrace that. They become American. And that's what we mean by naturalization. That's what we're talking about by the American worldview. That's what we're, we're talking about and what I'm trying to, to bring about in this podcast and helping people to understand 
what that is, right? How, what does that look like? What does that even mean? Um, and applying it to our daily life. And that's going to have a biblical component to it. Um, I'm, I'm going to try out, uh, you know, this, this being the podcast, this is really something I'm kind of doing on the side. This is a, a new thing I want to, man, if I can make this be my career, that would be phenomenal and awesome. Um, so there's going to be biblical. There's going to be historical. I'm going to try to do research. I have a blog. Uh, that's uh, thewayofwill.com, uh, where I'll do articles and publishing on, on subjects like this, where I can answer questions that you guys send to me, um, all of this kind of stuff. So I, I plan to have this podcast really focus on those areas uh, of life, the things that we're dealing with, the culture, uh, and how the Bible relates to that, what the American worldview is, and how the American worldview sees these things, how you know we come to understand that the American worldview is is a biblical Judeo-Christian worldview, um, just with a shorter title, right? Uh, and just really coming to terms and understanding that, and, and also providing a, a platform where I can um, plan a church, uh, do an online ministry, and, and so many other things. And uh, I hope and I pray as you, as you listen to this podcast going in the future, you know, please like, share. I'm going to try to get this on all the different uh, 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 podcast or, or outlets out there like iTunes and Stitcher or Spotify or whatever else. And, um, and try to get the word out there to um, help spread the word about this podcast. And I hope that as we continue in this, you'll, you'll come to find it. Uh, worth your time and that the content I provide to you will bless you, uh, will edify you, will help improve your understanding of things going on in the world and, and how we as a Christian people, as American people, um, should react and respond to the things that we see going on in the world. So uh, thank you so much for, for listening. This is kind of the first uh, and the introductory podcast, and I look forward to uh, what all we can do in the future as I use my vehicle as my studio, as I drive home from work every day. Um, and uh, I hope that many great things will come from this podcast going into the future. So thank you so much for giving me your time and for giving me your ears. Uh, may God bless you always. Uh, may he be with you. And uh, thank you so much for all that you do and, and for uh, the things that you do each and every day for your customers, uh, for your employers, for your family. And uh, I wish you well. Thank you so much for listening.